0: Welcome to California Women Lawyers Seat at the Table podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Brownell Lee, joined today by my co host, Summer Selick, and our guest, Suzette Torres. Suzette Z. Torres is Vice President, Regional Council of North American Title Company. She provides legal and escrow advisory support to North American Titles branches throughout the western region, which include California, Nevada, Utah, and Arizona. Her duties include handling compliance and employment issues, providing underwriting guidance, and advising on commercial transactions. Prior to joining North American, Ms. Torres worked for another national underwriter, first as VP Trial Counsel, and later transitioned to VP Underwriting Counsel. When she was in private practice, she rose up to partnership at her firm. Bartolini, Straw, Cavan, and Bup LLP, and became the only minority female equity partner. Her practice included resolving title and escrow claims, negotiating business disputes, managing contract negotiations, trials, and handling several adversary proceedings in bankruptcy. Suzette served as the District 4 Governor on the California Women Lawyers Association and was the chair of the in-house counsel network. She is an active member and former co-chair of the in-house committee of the Asian American Bar Association of the Greater Bay Area, a member of the Filipino Bar Association Northern California, and a member of the San Francisco and East Bay chapters of CRU, commercial real estate women. She has been rated AV preeminent by her peers, the highest rating given by Martindale-Hubbell, and was selected as an honoree for the 2018 National Women in Law in the Collaborative Leadership category. Welcome, Suzette. We're very excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I
1: am uh, so excited. I We've ha- we've done a lot of these podcasts, and I'm always a big fan of the people that we're, we're interviewing. But I also have the honor, and I, I say honor very largely in bold with you because I have the honor of calling you also my friend. So this is going to be a real fun interview, I think. Um,
0: I pull back the curtain a little bit for everyone that's listening. Summer is going to fangirl very hard, Suzette, because she is amazing. So, Suzette is the the
1: coolest and also just like the greatest person. So it's amazing. But I want to I want to start with the hard hitting questions first. First off, I want to talk about how you are aging in reverse. there is a, there's a bit of age between you and me, Suzette, and yet everyone in the world seems to think that you are younger than I am, and um, we are attorneys, and so so I have a story, so I, somebody came into my office the other day, and there was a wedding photo, I got married six years ago, and six years is not that long. And they were like, oh, you were such a baby in that photo. And I was thinking to myself, I really it was just six years ago. I wasn't a baby. And then I got to thinking, well, I'm a lawyer, so, like, I think we age in dog years." <laughs> and, and so I was thinking, okay, I was a baby. But the thing is, is that you don't age in dog years. You age, like, backwards. So what is your secret? Because I need to learn it and then be like that. So, because we we have a stressful job as lawyers, right? And so, I want to figure out how do you not take it personally? Do you have a great work-life balance? Maybe what some is self-care. Care. Yes. Yeah. What is it that makes you that makes you so, you know, amazing?
2: I'm absolutely cracking up because you're saying this with a straight face, and I'm trying true. not to bust out laughing. <laughs> also, it, it's funny you mention it because that was one of the things I, was, I wanted to talk about about how it is the way that i do look if if it is going to be hard on the podcast, but if you look me up on linkedin i do look like i'm still 12 and i keep <laughs> thinking I that think you're you're mid 20s looking oh okay mid 20s yeah thank you uh, that,
1: that, <laughs> you definitely you can order alcohol <laughs>
2: but that's about it that's about it yeah and you know it's i think it's a lot of it's probably i have to say thanks to my parents good genes um i think a love of a good man so thank you to my husband yeah and um, I'd say my Filipino diet, because there's a lot of fatty foods and, I, and fish, mm-hmm. and I love that too. I love fatty and, foods. Um, they don't help me though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say a lot of it, it's uh, kind of when you are happy inside, it kind of reflects out outside. So it's, uh, and it's tough. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I, I don't get to look, you know, young every day, I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> my husband will probably agree with <laughs> that statement. <laughs> But but thank you for that. That's an that's awesome way to start off this podcast, is that with that awesome compliment. But to be honest, it's just I think maybe like good genes and just, you know, as my husband would say, happy wife, happy life. And I one hundred percent agree with that statement.
1: So let's let's now that I've had the hard hitting question for you, let's (laughs) let's start with um, how how did you become a lawyer? Let's just start with the, the beginning. Yeah.
2: I would say that I'll start out uh, back in the day. It was Susan Day, Law and Order, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be <laughs> just like her. Oh, yeah. She was a total rock star, and like, when she walked into a room, there was, you know, people respected her, she had presence, and she knew what she was talking about. And I kind of wanted to emulate that you know, as well. I think it really kind of cemented in my mind that I want to be an attorney when I was in high school too, because I was on this mock trial team. And they picked me to be the defense lawyer. And I think a lot of it they, they picked me to be a lawyer because I, I'm so unassuming. Where I come in, they think, Oh, who is this Pokemon character? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's so nice. And I I went up there to do my cross examination and I just let it rip. And it yeah. was great. It was great. It was kind of like this thrill and this high of having this battle of the wits, like not only with the witness, but also with opposing counsel, and then also being prepared for those hard hitting questions that you had the judges ask you. And with that, I think that just sealed it for me that this is what I want to do. I always knew I wanted to be a litigator. I just didn't know what area of law I ever wanted to go into. But litigation, I, I love it. Love it.
0: Did it make you feel empowered to have that control in the courtroom, even from such a young age, being in high school?
2: I I think the power, and then also knowing the sound of my voice and how much power that carries too, that once you start speaking, you know, whatever judgment people may see, you know, from the outside when you walk into a room, sometimes that automatically changes when you speak. And it's very important about the things that come out of your mouth. Your words are powerful. And I still think that holds true even today.
1: Absolutely, I know that in law school, you you gained a name for yourself. They they called you the. Uh Iron fist in the velvet glove. (laughs) And it's funny because I I never see you as a iron fist. I always see you as a velvet glove until recently when I asked you of something, and you told me no for the first time, and I I did not enjoy it because (laughs) hearing no from you is the scariest thing ever. You know that it's a no. but i can i can imagine you walking into a courtroom and you just look like the nicest person in the entire world and i can imagine people not being afraid of you and then you opening your mouth and and them being Terrified because you're very eloquent, very smart, and obviously know your stuff. And so, do you use that to your advantage in your litigation? Do you, you know, come in and and try and Trojan horse it a little bit and <laughs> say, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just me, I'm just here, and then come in and just blow them out of the water? Your opposing counsel is that your is that your tactic, iron, iron fist, velvet glove?
2: No course not. No, of course not. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> like, don't tell my secrets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I will say that, you know, after, you know, I've been in litigation, like when, right when I started out from law school till, I mean, before I transitioned into the business side of of, of law, you know, really I was like hard on litigation. It was, what, 10 to 12 years of litigation, I'd say. And uh, throughout the years, it's always changed. Like, sometimes you walk into a room and... Oh, I say, I walk into a room, and they think, oh, are you the court reporter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. But yeah. you walk into a room, and they think, oh, you're the witness or the mm-hmm. opponent. Or I walk into a room, and they're thinking, oh, is this just like a, a, someone who wants to watch the court trials? Yeah. And it's funny because I never get that response like, oh, you're the attorney. I usually have to introduce myself. And again, you know, it's like once I start speaking, they understand, oh, okay, this is the attorney we need to deal with. And so in so many ways, it's, it's been great, and in many ways, it's also been really tough. You know, it's been really tough to, because I feel like that I always have to work extra hard to establish my reputation mm-hmm. or to establish respect. And for what it's worth, I think everyone goes through that, you know, no matter who you are. But if you're either first starting out or let's say you are in a, you know, another district or another court setting, there's always some a part of like where you need to warm up to the court, to your audience, and you have to establish your rapport. I think that that translates throughout. For me, I always felt like it was always tougher because I always felt that they didn't really take me seriously until I made those hard-hitting arguments or statements. Which I'll say, you know, now in retrospect, I think it's fine because in many ways it's built my character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um you know, I think it's that's the, kind of the the thrust of being a litigator, too. It's like you there are always going to be times where you have to establish the rapport and the respect. But if you're going to, you know, command that respect, you also have to give respect as well. There have been other attorneys, you know, I've seen where they go into a courtroom, they think they rule the world, they treat the law clerks bad, they treat, you know, the court reporter bad. And I think that's absolutely inappropriate. You know, again, respect translates in every country, in every building, in every part of the world. And and if you're going to try to command respect, you better make sure you give it back the same way. Absolutely.
1: I think that's totally true. Do you think, I know that that in a lot of ways litigation is, at least in prior years litigation has kind of been, more men have been in litigation than women, I think, in, in a lot of ways. Um, do you think that because you were or you are a female that that has played some role in how you were treated in the courtroom? Or or what do you think has what do you think has made people uh, not automatically say, oh, that's my opposing counsel?
2: Hmm, it's a good question. I, I would say that in so in my field, it's more a more of real estate real estate litigation, right? And I will note that in my field, it is more white male dominated. Um, I would even say that, you know, sometimes even when I'm trying to give referrals to uh, to attorneys, you know, in the real estate field, mostly, you know, my top list, it really is, I know mostly men. And it's because I've, I've worked with them in the past, we have a good rapport, and I can vouch for their reputation and skills. So like when I do these referrals, for me, it's a very big thing. Um, it, it's it's kind of tough to answer because I think it 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 has been tough. How I would address it is more so that I think it's you know it's it's, it's a matter of get more people in the field that getting are more people in the diverse. Field, but I think yeah, getting more people in the field, um, getting them more involved, and not being afraid to that to, to try different areas of the law. I think it's really great. Um, some people talk about you know they are. A jack of all trades but not a master to one. And sometimes, you know, for us attorneys, sometimes we have to be that way. And but I think what's what really helps is that when you have that network where let's say, you know, I don't do um, estate planning or, you know, family law stuff, but I sure know who are at the top of my (laughs) list for that. You know, and I don't do workers' comp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I think that's where you know, attorneys in general they should keep that in mind. Like you don't need to be a jack of all trades. Your network is part of your strength
0: mm-hmm. and that's
2: part of what also makes you reputable too, that you have reached out, that you you may not know the answer, but you know who to call for it. And that's that speaks a thousand words right there.
1: Well, that's kind of like CWL is is that network, right? You yes. know, I just last week I believe we had a question where somebody was asking for I can't remember if it was a business law attorney or something in the state of California and you know, we all jumped on it and we were like, "Oh, this person, this person and we knew that it would be reputable." So, absolutely it's about building your network and knowing that your network is somebody who's going to show up and do a, a good job. So,
0: okay. So going back for a second to the feeling that you've had entering into the courtroom where you're not taken seriously immediately until you've been speaking, do you think that was more of an issue when you were in private practice versus now that you're in-house counsel? Do you think that comes with a little bit more clout, if you will, when you're dealing with an opposing counsel, or do you still feel the same uphill battle you did?
2: Well, I think it's different now also because I'm older. So I'm at this age where it's kind of you know, it's, I, I kind of don't care to a certain
1: extent. <laughs> when do we hit that age?
2: I'm in. Let's I do it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to reveal that on the podcast yes. because that's going to age <laughs> me. Tell <right>? me later. <laughs> so, uh, but but I'll say that I, I really do like the transition when I went from litigation to in-house, and I think having that litigation background really did help me uh, through moving up in, in the corporate ladder as well. And a lot of it had to do with was because For every job or transition or promotion I had, it did come down to, I have experience in litigation, I have experience in claims. I was a partner in this law firm, and oh, they knew one of my partners. And even that name recognition Mm -hmm. helped as well. But I would say, you know, what I've really liked seeing lately is like with a lot of these startups and companies, they're taking people straight out of law school where they don't have litigation experience because the thought is, well, that's why you hire outside counsel, because they're there <laughs> to litigate. They're, they're, that's the skills that you can rely on to help you get through. And you know, I think the way that the world and marketplace is changing of um, instant gratification, of really using technology to up everyone's game and to make things go faster and work better, I think that's going to change the way that we as attorneys also work as well. Here's a, here's an example. I just recently started using Slack. I can't believe I'm admitting this on the podcast, but I'm just going to say yeah, I am. <laughs> That's
0: what and, my husband uses for work, like, and I see it, and I'm like,
2: what is that? Right. <laughs> I'm like, Slack, what does that mean? Like It, <laughs> it sounded really bad when they were like, did they Slack you? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it's really great. So Slack is it's like this app where you can have this instant messengering thing, and you have different channels and different workspaces, and it, within a matter, I swear seriously, of a month, it really has opened my eyes, and it's been great because I've been able to communicate with my clients and my team so fast. And it's also been horrible because I'm able to <laughs> con- so fast. so fast. Yeah, I can mean, so so contact them so fast and respond back. But in many ways, I think that kind of helps because people want to... Immediate. It's yeah. immediate, but they want to know that they're being heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that really does translate. Yeah. throughout about everyone's business. It's like they want to know that you, you hear me and that um, they're, they're being listened to. And I think that, again, uh, being a great listener is a really great skill every attorney should have.
0: Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about in-house counsel and what that entails? I know a lot of people that don't work in in-house counsel, it's kind of like behind <laughs> the curtain and no one really knows what they're doing. Um, and CWL also has a fantastic program yes. specifically for in-house counsel that you have uh, boldly li- led <laughs> for a long time. Uh, so can you tell us, just kind of give us an overview of that? And
1: About being in-house counsel? About what, yeah, I, what
0: is in-house yeah, counsel? Yeah, okay.
1: and what is in-house counsel? Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's really broad. Well, uh, let me put it this way. So I'll tell you what my experience has been going from private practice to in-house counseling. Please. So in private practice, you know, it's 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 been great. You know, I have a whole list of my corporate clients who I would do work for. I would appear on their behalf, represent them in trials, yada, yada. And when I made that transition in-house, it was, it, it was really a steep learning curve because a lot of things in-house you have, I'll say from a litigation side, you're thinking about, do I have reserves set? Who is my panel counsel? How do I address this situation? Because it may affect the whole company, where really your client, when you're in-house counsel, is generally the company. Um, for for you know, where I'm coming from, for North American title company, you know, it's, we, it's, uh, we, our clientele also includes, there's the company, then there's our customers I need to worry about. Uh, being, for my, for my position, I also worry about my associates. You know, I handle compliance issues. I handle escrow advisory, underwriting, um, employment issues, uh, things where things need to be escalated, too, where maybe there's a customer giving my associate a hard time, or maybe there's an attorney trying to, you know, roll over on them. And I try to step in and be their first line of defense. So it's it's kind of... Great. I I, I mean, I really, I really love it. It's kind of I wish if I knew back then what I know now, I would have jumped in-house counsel a long time ago. But I'll say with in-house counsel, it's, you know, it's also tough. I mean, I think I work more being in-house than I ever did being in a private practice. Um, You know, again, like with Slack, like I'm on Slack almost (laughs) (laughs) 24-7, which I probably wouldn't recommend people doing. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's the nature of the beast. And it's about, you know, taking care of my clients, taking care of my company. Um, for me, that's, that, that's important. You know, other, I, I would kind of like to hear what other in-house counsel, how their, uh, their duties differ as well. I mean, with my position, so I'm the VP regional counsel for it. So I have different duties, you know, and, and responsibilities. So it's, in many ways, it's, it's taxing. It does take out a lot, a lot out of me. But it's something that I feel strongly about, and I love it, you know. And not many people get to say, I love what I do, but I I really do. And what's that phrase is that when you are passionate about what you do, it's – or no, when you love what you do, it's called passion. It's mm-hmm. not work. Mm-hmm. And I'll say probably nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way. That's really a good – That's a good high rate. Percentage. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good. really
1: good rate considering so I – and then I, I do want to turn, though, to, to the in-house council network that you helped to cultivate through CWL. Yes. I know that it was created through um, Eliza Rodriguez, Elisa Rodriguez, right. Right. and also cultivated with uh, Neta right. Um And they sort of created it and, and worked through the first pilot years. Yes. And then you took over and did the uh, last two years, yes. so 2018 and 2017, and really built it into what it is today, Will you just give our listeners a, a little breakdown of, of what the puzzle series is and what the in-house counsel retreat is and how they could become a part of it if they, if they want to?
2: I would love to. Perfect. <laughs> so the in-house counsel network it is basically a network of in-house counsel, mm-hmm. um, with usually within the state of California, and we gather together to basically be a resource for each other. Uh, how we like to think of, uh, of it is that you know, no, there's no such thing as a cold call. When you're in this network, you can pick up the phone and know that you can comfortably ask the question you know, that needs to be asked or be very candid with each other. And it's a really great you know, sisterhood yeah. where we all really look after each other. We, our goal really in that network is to help support and promote each other however we can. Now from the In-House Council Network is the Puzzle Series Program, and that's the one I love. So the Puzzle Series Program is a four-part series where we invite in-house counsel to come in and basically have very candid and confident- confidential discussions with each other. And some of the cool topics we got to talk about were things as far as like employment issues, equal pay. Um, we talked about the Google memo. We talked about um, getting to the C-suite. Getting into the C-suite. We talked about internal investigations, how that impacts, what to look out for. And I would say, luckily, we've had such great support from. You know, a lot of these great private firms out there, and because of their support and belief in this Puzzle Series program, it's really grown so great. And I I will even note this. I mean, it's a lot of friendships have really been nurtured and blossomed through this. I mean, we're talking about in-house counsel where sometimes depending on which area of practice you are in, we've never met each other really in, in a bigger setting. This intimate setting really allows us to really connect and network, and because it is a four-part series, you get to see the same people again, you know, and you could reach out to them. And so it's a stronger bond that happens among the women, which is really great. And then my favorite is the retreat. That's like, that's where we all want to get to. The retreat, (laughs) they usually (laughs) have it at a really wonderful and beautiful location where it really gives the participants some R&R time, and you know again we also talk about some hard-hitting questions i think the last one we did was in napa valley and we had um, speakers come in to talk about the the napa valley fires and the santa rosa fires how it's affected their business how it's affected their clients and then what can we do to help support them we also had like great other sponsors who um, who kind of added to the swag bag, which I thought was great. Mm. Like we've had, and a lot of them, I will note, are women business owners. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them was Shaka Tea, which is a a woman-owned business out in in Hawaii. And uh, not for nothing, but it's a really great tea. (laughs) 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 And then there was also, um, I forgot the other one, it was with the water, it was... um, You can add the flavored water. I don't remember. Um, um, I'm so bad. It's on the tip of my head, but uh, I got to go look it up. Okay, put it in there. But you know, it's kind of great because it's it's really cultivating and really um, helping support like women in the business, whether it's in law, business owners, or you know, people in management field. It's kind of we want to be there and be your advocate and champion if we can. And women
1: supporting women in all different types of, of. environments Yes, yes, yes. And, and yes. it
0: seems like it really filled a need because, you know, we have local bar associations that have 10 to 40 different subsets of their sections, but there's never an in-house council section, at least not that I've seen for local bar associations.
1: That's right, it's hard. So, it's hard to get them all together.
0: Right. It is hard. I'll say, you know, there are some
2: great in-house council sections out there. So ACC, is, is the largest one, and they do great programs ECC as well. is what? Oh, the Associate Corporate Council Association. Mm-hmm. And then and is that a regional That's actually um, national. Group, national yeah. group, and okay. they do have a regional section, which is really great. The, their San Francisco section is amazing, and they do really great events. And so does the Asian American Bar Association for the Greater Bay Area. They have their own in-house council um, group, and they do also wonderful events um, to also support the Asian American community. Mm-hmm which I think is really great. I think recently they just did um, a survey for, a compensation survey for all in-house counsels. So whoever's listening on the podcast, check it out on, from, from ABBA.
1: Yeah. And then also there's one in Southern California that's also, I- I've heard is good also. Do you re- mm. recall the name of that? No, then no. I will stop talking. I'm not, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. fair, but I, I also wanted to. <laughs> we will put that aside. Um, I also wanted to note that I believe you received you know a little a little trinket, a little award for all of the <laughs> all of the work you you did on uh, on the in-house counsel project through Cwl. Um, the 2018 National Women in Law Collaborative Leadership. Uh, 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 I can't even say it. There's so many words in it. <laughs> 2018 National Women in Law Collaborative Leadership category award, right? That is correct. Did I get them all right? Yes, you did. And you (laughs) had to fly to none other than Washington, D.C. in order to pick up that bad boy. Yes. How was that?
2: That was, you know, it was really great. I wish I planned it better because I didn't get a chance to.
1: You only got like a month to plan it, right? No,
2: but then it was a matter (laughs) of, you know, can I get, well, first I was trying to Get my husband to go with me. Then it was in the middle of the week. It's like Wednesday.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted to go with you, but I just couldn't. Yeah, well,
2: the, the, and the tickets are not cheap.
1: I yeah, I know. That's why I yeah, couldn't especially go with on you.
0: Last minute notice. Right. <laughs> I tried
1: to get in your bag, but I you know I couldn't make it.
2: You know, the funny part of this funny story is that so I went during the time. This was during the Kavanaugh hearings, Yeah. Right. And I was like, I was like so stoked. Like oh, you know, I, I kind of just want to see you know and see the buzz and the yeah. going on, but because I came on a Wednesday. I guess that's when the Capitol shut down. I guess. On Wednesdays? <laughs> On Wednesdays. Well, there was no one there. And I'm thinking, oh, oh okay, I guess. I <laughs> mean, it was hot. It was crazy hot. And no one was there. Just, was it, so it was, what, what day was it? It was like September twenty 20- No, it was like um, October, October. Oh, it was like October 1st? Eight or nine, something like Uh, that. Or maybe it was the third. I forgot. It was was in October.
1: Because the Kavanaugh hearing was on my birthday, one of them. Oh. And I was like, this is the worst birthday ever. (laughs) (laughs) It was in September, and I was like, I just glued to my television like, this is terrible. So... But you did, let's go back to you. Okay, go so. <laughs>
0: you, it's not, not good a dark let, hole.
1: Let's not talk about Kavanaugh because uh, there's nothing Sorry. we can do there. But there is something we can do about your award. So yes. you did receive an award. You did fly to Washington. You got a prestigious award for all of the hard work. And that is amazing. And so, so how was that? You had a lovely dinner in your husband. Are we allowed to say who your husband is?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, so his real name is Severo, but his nickname is Bong. Perfect. But it, it it's a very popular Filipino name, so not to <laughs> commentate. We're not, anything we're not judging. Else. Okay. <laughs> we're in California. We don't judge. That's right. This is this is the non-judging seat at the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't judge.
1: <laughs> um, so Bong went with you. Yes, and, he did. And how was that experience? It was awesome.
2: Yeah. It was it was a little intimidating because it w- it, it became very real. About what this award really represented, because it was on a national level, and I, w- I walked in there and like, okay, I don't I don't know anyone here. What's who are these people? Mm-hmm. And it, it was a it was a room full of these amazing women, you included, including, including me. Right, yeah. and I'm thinking, oh, I can't believe I'm here with them. Like, yeah. Like, who, 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 who did they pay <laughs> to put me in here? Yeah, nobody. But it was so cool because, and the great thing is, I actually met some of these great women. Like, we, afterwards, you know, we were just like laughing, kind of like um, making jokes. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of these things where uh, we've never gotten this experience to network with other women, you know, across the nation, unless, you know, I, I got this award. We've never gotten this award, um, you know, without the support, you know, and advocacy of CWL and then i it's it's kind of this is this great thing of like what you know your network and the good work that you do it does help other people and it comes back to you in kind and i'm i'm just so grateful i mean it was just i the award itself was awesome the nomination was awesome and just hearing from other in-house counsel who actually sent in letters in support for my nomination i was i I was in tears. It was just so amazing because you never think that like, do other people recognize all the hard work you put in? And it's kind of meant to say like, they actually do. I mean, this award is great. The friendships that have been cultivated, right? With the puzzle series program, hearing those stories is amazing. And I look forward to what is going to happen in the future and you know, that this is just, this is just the start of many great things that can happen for the Puzzle Series program.
0: Absolutely. And congratulations again, that's oh, fantastic. It's very, very impressive. 100% deserved it. Yes, I, I deserve saw it. some of,
1: I saw only a bit of the hard work mm-hmm. you put into that series and you deserve that award and many other awards, <laughs> let me tell you.
2: You know, it's funny, I was telling my dad, I go, you know, you should go with me to this award thing. And he's just like, I don't wanna travel all the way <laughs> to, you know, the Washington DC. And I'm like, dad, this is a national award. This may be it. This may be my last hurrah. We should go.
1: I'm a big I'm peeking. I'm peeking right now. <laughs> that's my peak. Have, you, have you seen that? Did you see that that Instagram from M- Michelle Obama where she's like, My mom, my mom doesn't believe that I'm i I'm big? Oh yeah.
0: Her <laughs> mom asked if she met any real stars. Yeah. While she was on the grave. I'm like, oh
1: man, if Michelle Obama can't get like her parents <laughs> to think she's cool, then I'm doomed. Like, there's no help for me. So that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> this this might be it, Dad. On- <laughs> well, my dad's
2: probably saying, "Like, what took you so long?"
0: That's like parents that. to bring you back down to reality, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> I, and I'm totally okay. I mean, no, so yeah, supportive. your parents love you. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's no joke. They're they're your true fans. So, um, <laughs> okay.
0: So, in getting where you are today, as yeah. amazing as you are, I'm sure you didn't get there by yourself. There were other people that helped you that yes. reached back behind them and helped pull you up. Who would you say has been a big mentor and a big part of your mm. legal education or just your life education?
2: You know, it's funny. I, I kind of prepared for that question, and now I'm thinking back. and I, I kind of see it's twofold, right? It's personally and professionally. Yeah. So my mentor, I would say professionally, have been, um, I, ironically, it's been, it was all male. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is because that's, it's the practice area I was in.
0: And we hear that a lot. It's we not, do, yeah. yeah. And th- I think it's good. I think it's good that we have men and women working together in concert. Right.
2: You, know, you know, and, and it's, the cool thing about it, I'll say this, is that back in the past, you know, as I was going from law school to where I am like going, in, going in-house, it was mostly male, and, but I'll say that um, my bosses, they've all been great. Uh, and, and I thank them because a lot of them, they've give, given me opportunities and um, kind of like let me run with the ball which is which is really great uh, yeah. one of my greatest mentors would be bernie siegel um, from golden gate law school i love that man he is amazing he was an amazing mock trial professor and he really lit the fire in me as far as i'm going to be a litigator and, and he's the one who coined that phrase yes is i was gonna say uh, is like a type of person with an iron fist with velvet gloves and I miss that guy. He's he was just amazing. It's a lot of times what I've learned from him in the court to how to act in the courtroom came from him. For example, I remember during mock trial and training, he would you know I would be sitting down making an objection. He'd yell at me. It's like I can't hear you. It's like I can't hear you when you make an objection when you're sitting down. Stand up, show some respect, and I love it. You know yeah. because I'm just like yeah I need to stand up and to be heard. Uh, Bernie amazing man. I think anyone you ask about, Bernie Siegel, I've heard really
1: good things about him, especially from you, so. Mm, yes. Yeah.
2: And then my, my other ones, one of my, my favorite mentors was Lee Bartolini. Um, he passed away a couple years ago, but he was also really great. He was one of my partners when I was in, uh, in private practice. And here, here's, a, here's a funny story. So, you know, in my firm, I was the only female minority partner and this was, this was during the time when I was pregnant, right? And Lee, um, he was going through um, some, some, of some other issues and he needed me to help jump in. And like. Tra- I basically, I was traveling. I was traveling to prepare for trial. I was traveling to do depositions up and down the state of California. Now, when I first was doing all this traveling, I, I kind of got mad at him. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like, doesn't he know that, like, I can't be traveling like this? This is ridiculous. You know, I'm just like, well, there's, like, all these other attorneys in our firm. Why doesn't he give it to them? And then I took a breath, and I thought, wait a minute. Out of all the attorneys in the law firm, Lee, our, you know, head partner, only trusted me to go to these um, depositions to prepare for trial because he knew that if I give Suzette the ball, she will run with it. And after I came to that realization that that was that was really his motive that really just like turn the light bulb on and just say hey you know there's there's something more going on here and you know f- for him to actually you know give that trust to me i mean i'm so t- grateful for it because it was a great learning experience and i learned that you know, whether I am pregnant or not, mm-hmm. I do a fantastic job. It's so true.
0: <laughs> and that's a great, a great way to reframe in your mind, kind of what was happening, and take right. yourself out of a negative space, mm-hmm. and, and think, "Why me?" Instead of "Hell yes, me!" Yeah, like, of course, me. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, the thing part when I was doing first the "Why me?" first, and it's like because I never asked him, like, "Hey Lee, why are you sending me up and down here and there?" And, mm-hmm. and then I had to like think about, him, like, "This is why," because he knows we've been working on this case together. He knows that if anyone's going to do a good job, it's going to be me. And for that, thank you, Lee. You're the best.
1: Literally, that is why I call Suzette Torres when I call her. I'm just like I'm in a "why me" moment, and I'm like, I need somebody to change it to a "hell yes me." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody needs a Suzette in their life for that for that purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. So. And I can empathize. Being nine months pregnant, I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. uh, traveling right now and taking depositions. So you're amazing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny because the one time when we were in trial, I was uh, yeah, nine months pregnant. And the the bailiff kept asking me, he's like, now, should I have, like, the… Someone on call. Someone on call. (laughs) He's like, you're you're, you're not playing to have this baby? (laughs) Did you just (laughs) snort? I did. That's so awesome!
1: I just pictured you going into like actual labor, and it made me laugh so hard. Oh my God. Because there's like no one I know in the world that would take labor in court better than you. Like, you'd be like,
0: "All you right, finish your line of questioning you, first." You would.
1: You'd get through like the, you'd probably finish the trial, and be like, "Okay, now yeah, I can go into right. labor." Yeah, that's, right.
2: like, that's the best thing ever. So I've that's ever heard. Happening. I'm sorry. That's amazing. Okay, so but I would say for personally, my mentors have been uh my mom yeah and it i'll tell you that i i say that with surprise because it took me such a long time to realize it's been my mom pushing me you know because growing up you know i was thinking oh a teenager i i know more than my mom you know she doesn't mm-hmm. understand you know it's she's you know she's an immigrant she she doesn't understand what's like living here in the united states blah 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 and it took me so many years, like decades, I'd say, <laughs> to realize how amazing my mom is and why she kept pushing me just, like I wanted, th- right after I think um, high school, I wanted to take a break, right? A, maybe a two year break. And she's like, no, there are no breaks. Like mm. it, the, the Asian tiger mom <laughs> came out <laughs> of her. But, but I thank her for it because I now I understand what she's talking about. Because she was worried that if I took a break, I wouldn't go back. Yada, 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 you know, and it's more so that, you know, when I look back at all the sacrifices she made leaving the Philippines to come out here, I mean, she left her family, her friends to start a new life out here, you know, in the United States because she knew that she wanted her children to have that first step, that jump off to have a better life than what she had. And I'll say anyone you know who whoever goes back to the to the Philippines, if you go back and look at your roots, and you know, I'm talking to the Filipinos out there, and you see where your parents have come from, it is amazing how many of them have survived and have exceeded their expectations of you know be, being able to move on to a new country, leaving everything familiar behind to to start an, to start a new life, right? in hopes that like, it'll be a change for uh, the good, for the future. And I'll say also knowing that we would contribute back to the country that gave us this chance. So um, she is definitely my mentor. Well,
0: that's amazing. It's very sweet. How <laughs> old was your mom when she came over?
2: Oh, she was in her twenties, I wanna say mid twenties. And like, so they had, they had three girls, right? Three girls. My poor dad. I'm, I'm surprised he survived. <laughs> <laughs> we were spirited children. I'll admit that. Uh, we really? I can't imagine. We were my spirited pa- children. And they're still alive and kicking. But I will tell you that, you know, it's like there are only three things in the world I fear of. That would be um, death, God, and my parents. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know I'm just gonna keep the it. Healthy at three. Fear. It's a healthy
1: fear. They look like the nicest people ever. I don't know why I know, you fear right? them. Yeah. You know, but I can that's
2: I, where she gets it. That's wrong. what I get. It yeah.
1: <laughs> they really, yeah. I mean uh, how could you fear them? So I, I have a
2: feeling I'm gonna have a long talk with my parents once they hear this podcast. We can
0: always They're gonna not, like the sh- they're gonna like the shout outs. <laughs> they're gonna be like, Well she said they're I was her mentor, but
2: she also said she
1: fears me. So <laughs> I don't know how to fall on this. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, um, so I also want to talk about. I know that you've you've dealt with some other trials and tribulations in your life. I, uh, yes. I know that one of the the big things that you've dealt with is your uh, diagnosis with cancer. Yes, and so I just wanted you to talk a little bit about how that's helped you to become. I I think that's one of the reasons that you're also one of the coolest people I know. <laughs> and so I just wanted to talk about how you think that's helped you to become a positive person in life, also. Yeah. I- I think it builds
2: character. Yeah, <laughs> I think my fellow uh, cancer survivors would agree with me as well. So uh, let me see if I can make this a quick backstory. Okay. So what happened was I um, I got married, passed the bar, and then Bong and I had we had plans of like how our life was going to be. Um, I was going wait, to wait two years, have kids, move on to a single family home, yada yada yada. Life is good. What happened was, in the year two that we were supposed to start trying to have children, that's when I got the breast cancer diagnosis, and I was 31 at the time. And that really threw me big time, because um, I didn't know how to, I really didn't know how to handle it. There's not like a book that you look for, and it was really young, and it was during the time where a lot of the doctors would tell me, oh, it can't be cancer because, you know, lumps don't hurt. Or you're too young to have cancer. Yeah. And when I think about that, that that kinda still irks me yeah. to this day. Because I think of like all the time that was lost trying mm-hmm. to deal with the cancer. Now with that said, fast forward now, it's I've it been I'm now Don't age yourself. I'm not gonna age myself, but I'll say that I'm it's I'm been a while. O- it's old yep. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say this. So um at least fifteen years. At least fifteen years. Um, I have been cancer-free.
0: It's amazing. But yes. I'll tell you that
2: every October, when it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it does bring me back to that place where I think about what I went through and how tough it was. And then we didn't have kids. You know, I, I didn't have Sebastian at the time. And I felt, for me, I felt bad, like I'm a total failure because, you know, Bong and I had all these dreams of what we were going to do, how our family was going to be, and now it's... All unraveling because of me you know would i have married him knowing that i was diagnosed with cancer and i mean by the time i was diagnosed i was stage three Mm -hmm. Um, the it was a really huge lump but i was very lucky and grateful that i had um, a good medical team behind me and i'll tell you i got the good medical team after i had to do a bunch of research and change the team that i had in the past so i had a whole bunch of new doctors i was going to different branches like in Oakland, San Francisco, um, Fremont, uh Hayward, oh when there was a Hayward Kaiser. But um it was it was really tough. But that's where I also learned that I need to be my own advocate. Advocating for yourself, I was gonna say, who my, better? Than right. you and that was a really big change for me. So again it's, it built character and also made me learn not to sweat the small things in life. And to really appreciate that the time I have with my family, that my family is my foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, uh, whenever there's a hard day at work, you know, I'm driving home, I'll pick up the phone, I'll call Bong and said, tell him, I am so glad I'm just coming home to you. Can, can you just give me a hug? You know, we're yeah. like, you better break out that wine because <laughs> it was <it's laughs> a long day today. But, you know, that's, it, you know, whether it's your family or if it's a group of friends or if you have just that one someone who can come back to you and tell you and remind you, you are amazing. You are 10 steps ahead of the game, yep. 10 million steps ahead of the game in some cases. So, um, you know, just make sure you keep, keep those who really build you up, keep them the closest to you because that's what everyone needs in his life. Life is hard already, you know, so just always remember, I think everyone should realize, they, everyone here is amazing yep. and we are destined for greatness. Oh, my God, I love you, Suzette Taurus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great, your your positivity is just so fantastic. And I think that probably really helped you recover from your cancer diagnosis and become cancer-free for as long yeah. as you have. Yeah, I, I really think so, do. too. I mean, mindset is everything. Right, I, I agree. Um, how long was the battle before you were declared cancer-free, and did that put your oh. legal career on hold?
2: You know, it's funny. It, it didn't put my legal career on hold, and... In retrospect, I'm thinking, what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) Because during my cancer treatment, when I was going through chemo, I I did a different uh, regimen. So instead of doing surgery first, I did chemo first, and then I did the surgery afterwards. Because the thought was, because of the the stage and the nature of my cancer, they wanted to treat my whole body, rather than localize it to just, you know, getting out the cancer They have to still wait six weeks to treat the rest of the body. And, and I kind of like it because it was a more aggressive treatment at the time. Um, so it's it's from that time, I think, let me see, when I was diagnosed, I had like a whole year of treatment, then another five years where you put on tamoxif- tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually after that five-year period, you're, you're, you're in remission, considered cancer-free. But I will say that ever since the diagnosis, I still go back – like every six months it's a mammogram six months another six months i have like an mri done mm. yeah. so i and although i'm you know i'm cancer free but it's just like it's still it's a always constant. right there kind you're of. always looking over your shoulder it's right. like almost unfair right yeah it does feel unfair but at the same time you're you alive. know i'm alive and i'm a fighter and i'll be damned if anyone else is going to tell me how i'm going to live my life like I'm going to say when I'm going to die yeah. for the most part. I believe <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, or, But at least, you know, I want to have a say on how I live. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to look at it. And if this is what it takes, you know, every six months to get checked up, you know, for these reminders. So that way I can spend another day. I'm oh, okay, get me emotional. <laughs> if I can spend another day with Bong and Sebastian, I will do it. Yeah. I will do whatever it takes because that is small compared to the whole scheme of things that I want to do. In this life mm-hmm. yeah
1: and you're going to do them suzette i know you are you're already th- one of the baddest ass people <laughs> in um i know that we're running out of time and i know that oh. you're a busy lady so okay. um i know that ariel loves to ask the 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 question about your <laughs> i'll let you finish that sentence ariel brown
0: oh thank you summer you're welcome so suzette <laughs> um we like to ask our guests about uh, a life's mantra that they might have that helps them get through hard times, or even just get you out of bed in the morning <laughs> and get you going. <laughs> you know, Is there a specific mantra that you tell yourself that helps you?
2: You know what's funny? Because when I thought about it is that I don't necessarily have a mantra, but I have theme songs. So... <gasps> Please be Moana. Please, <laughs> no, it's, there, there was a Moana moment. You know how far I'll go. Um, <laughs> Just you a great know, song, or, or let it go. You know, Frozen. You. That was that was also, that was also a mantra. Oh, so good, and and I think it varies for me. It varies depending on what's going on right now. Like I'll tell you right now, my mantra right now, which I cannot get. Excuse say my theme song right now. What I can't get out of my head is Diana Ross's song, I'm Coming Out, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> and I, I just love it, you know? It's like, it's just, if you look at the lyrics, it's just like, she's full of positivity, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I'm coming out, I'm gonna let the world know, I'm gonna scream and shout. <laughs> I'm like, preach, right? Yeah. Preach. Yeah. And, you know, there are days where I need that, that's my mantra, that's my theme song. There are other days where, you know, um, I have the the depressing days where I feel like crap and I need the really uplifting ones where you know, um, the let it go, mm-hmm. <laughs> wind beneath my
0: wings. Wind be- kind of <laughs> you know, no, I didn't, I didn't have the
2: wind beneath my well, wings mantra moment, but but by like having that in my collection <laughs> in case that moment comes up, you never know. So how I came up about this with the mantra stuff is so you know how in baseball when they announce yes, that, say, my, the song, the at bat song, yes, oh, a yeah. song that comes on, and I always like to imagine that when I go into court, I have some DJ yes. ready to go, you know. Miss Torres, you know, <laughs> representing the defense, you know, and I walk into the courtroom, and they cue the music, and it's some awesome music, that hypes oh, up Oh, I everyone. do the exact same so thing. So, <laughs> I not only do the same thing, I have created, I've curated a pod, um,
1: not a podcast, I'm sorry, a playlist that I play <laughs> on hard days that I have to go to court. There you go. I actually, it's there got like go. five songs on it. One of them, I will admit, is um, Destiny's Child Girls. Yes, and nobody knows that I'm listening to it. But Wait, I is that Beyonce it. or that Destiny?
2: I show? think it's Destiny's. Jo- it might be Run the World, like Girls. Yeah. yeah, I think oh, it's Destiny. I think it's Beyonce. it's Beyonce. I don't
1: know the word. I don't I, know. I have to clarify. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know what? <laughs> Correction. I don't care who sings it. I just know that I need it. Mine's
0: <laughs> actually. I have a Beyonce song on there as well. Six Inch Heels. I don't. <laughs> know. I love that one from Lenny. Like, very lo- nice. When there's a hard day. Yeah, yes. like so. So I I think that everyone should have like a like a
1: five song thing that they're like oh, this is gonna be a hard day in court and somebody needs to
0: to play me I love that you said a theme song rather than a mantra because i am the same way i will have songs that play in my head for weeks on end and Mm -hmm. it just like colors my mood and my attitude and my behavior depending on what's going on yeah yeah and my husband and i are big singers and we will sing to each other when we're at home also so oh like
2: okay the hamilton soundtrack yes exactly that was my theme songs for i think a year oh
1: I the the, I'm not throwing away my shot is forever going to be your theme song for my 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 theme song for you.
2: Yes, I'm
1: always going to think of you when I hear that song. Oh, that's because Suzette Torres does not throw away her shot. (laughs) (laughs) You go for your shot. (laughs) Um, Okay, I know that we're really are running out of time, but I know I love to ask this question. (laughs) If you could speak directly to every woman in the profession today, what would you want to let them know? Any bit of advice that you'd want to give them?
2: Hmm. You know, the one thing I would say, and I've seen, that, it's funny, because I've seen this recently in a lot of Facebook posts, but, but let me put some background to it. It's because when I drop off my son at his school, the kids, they do the announcement. At the very end of the announcement, the, the kids, uh, the person doing the announcement says to everyone, like, we're amazing, right? And it's a running, kind of like this small running joke with the parents because I hear it and it just cracks me up like, you know, be great, be (laughs) amazing. But I would say that's what I would want all the women to know. Be amazing. We are amazing. It's like times when you do have doubt, just say it to yourself, you know, we are amazing. You know, and why? It's because we are in a tough profession. You know, whatever we do, to get to this point, we had to go through a lot, you know, and even just to stay In this profession we go through a lot that in and of itself is amazing yeah showing up is hard in
1: itself but (laughs) but we do it and um we are amazing so another thing i just wanted to bring up you you are one of my go-to people when i want to pump myself up um but you have a great take on asking for what you want when you are applying for jobs and not only applying for jobs but when you are seeking a case seeking um uh, just first chair all of those things is there anything that you'd want to it's, i feel like it's the same thing be amazing and and don't yeah. take no for an answer but um i feel like you should is there anything you would want to tell women about about that i feel like it's
2: yeah it's you know it's it's kind of um there's been different ways of to approach it, but I guess the way that I say it is that don't self-sabotage. If there is an opportunity for you to rise in the ranks, to take on a big case, to make a name for yourself, give yourself that chance, you know, and if the answer is no, the answer is no, but don't tell you, don't you stop yourself. You should not stop yourself. You know, it's, um, you should always throw your name into the hat. You should always stand up, raise your hand, lean in, you know, jump in, Whatever you have to do,
0: take a seat at the table. Yeah, take a
2: seat at the table. <laughs> yes, exactly,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Don't be
2: afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid because, it, honestly, the worst they can say is no, and that should not even stop you. There, you could. You know, sometimes you have to be creative, and you know, and with that, it's just I. I think you should also reach out to your networks. Yeah, you know, it's it's it comes back to again. Sometimes you got to find. Your, your strength and your foundation, and you should never think that you have to go out to do these things on your own. Yeah, A lot of times it does help when, let's say you want to take on a case and you have the support of your, out, your inside counsel, like saying, hey, I want this, this woman to lead the case. Look, looking back at the billing, I'm like, why, why aren't more women handling this case? You know, why is it all male? It's a good question to ask. And sometimes if you tap onto, you know, they're your clients and you ask, you know, sometimes they have to advocate for you. And I'll tell you, I've advocated for my fellow panel counsel in the past as well. And it's, it's important, you know, and maybe it's not, sometimes it's not, you know, people don't know to do that immediately, but sometimes just, just ask the question and things will follow, they really will.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, this, this has been absolutely awesome. wonderful. We appreciate your time. We know you are a very busy woman. <laughs> and we appreciate you carving out time for us this morning.
1: And you are always welcome. invited back whenever you want to give us more time. We happily have you back. You got it. Hearing. I think we
0: could, yeah, we could, we could easily keep do going for hours. three to really five could. more hours of this podcast. But I know that, that your phone's
1: you. going off because I can hear it. What are you, you're shredding, or what is it called? Your are oh, slacking. Oh, slacking.
2: No, we do not shred. <laughs> no, we do not shred, we slack.
1: Which I don't think sounds much better. Well, anyway, thank you very much, and um, we will we'll see you soon. All
0: right, thank thanks. you. Okay, thanks.
1: As always, I want to thank our wonderful guest, Suzette Torres, for being here with us. Thank you to my fabulous co-host, Ariel Brown Alley, and Gilbert Lung, our sound engineer. Until next time.